Hey y'all, and welcome to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern Spooky, and this week, nearly eternal. I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your Florida man, Tony. And we'd like to invite you to our virtual New Year's party and ask you for some five-star reviews on your, your podcast platform of choice. Sorry. We apologize for the death of that goose that just got strangled. <laughs> Please find us on Facebook and leave us some comments. Find our Patreon and leave us some tokens of appreciation. Indeed. It'll help keep things going. That would always be nice. Yep. So, we hope everyone is having or had a happy new year. Welcome to 2024. Today, this week, we're talking about something of an enigma. A gentleman who has had more than his fair share of New Year's. Right. He is even considered, in some legends, to be a vampire, but at minimum, he is recorded as existing over many centuries. He's perplexed people in the 1700s and baffles them today. He, or a descendant, is known around New Orleans in more modern times, but his counterpart, the OG Saint-Germain, was closer to the old Orleans or Orléans. You can say Saint-Germain. Well, I know I can. I don't think you can, even if you tried. I was a French major, so I will apologize for sounding hoity-toity. I'm going to pronounce the names French. Jacques Lapidieu! Jacques Lapidieu! Jack Lapidus! He will pronounce them in a more American-sounding fashion. Yes, yes. Jacques Saint-Germain. And how would you say that? Jacques Saint-Germain. Okay, there we go. So whenever I say blah, 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 that's probably what you're hearing. Yes. That's what I'm saying, Saint-Germain. For example, yes. in 1760, an elderly countess, um, Comtesse von Gregory, was at court in Versailles and was introduced to Comte Saint-Germain. Do you wish to translate? Saint-Germain. Fair enough. He was the talk of the palace and everyone wanted to meet him. The countess herself realized she'd met him before, some 50 years earlier. I am so sorry. I just read met, but it sounded like you said bed. Met him earlier. (laughs) He appeared unchanged by time and went by the same name, and he confirmed that they had indeed met before in 1710. So answer me a question. He wasn't canonized, right? No. I mean, like, there were, like... He's not a saint, that's just his name. I was about to say, like, it's, I don't I don't want Saint-Germain. to... Yeah, I don't want to, like, people to think... He's not a saint. He is, like, <laughs> ...that he was canonized or anything. No, no good no. point, though. Yeah. Um, I know, like, in England, it's pretty common to have the name St. John, though they pronounce it mysteriously Sinjin. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, yeah. So, is this just the, th- the same? He okay. is not a saint. No. That no. is simply his name. Yeah. Like it's his, not even likely his real name. It's just the name he chose. So, like, his surname is Saint-Germain? Yes. Okay. Saint-Germain. Okay. <laughs> so, back to... Yeah. He met yeah. her in 1710. Never mind that he looked the same. He remembered and reminded her what they discussed upon their last encounter half a century before. Wow. So, you remember those, uh, that escargot we were eating back in the day? That was a really long time ago. Those were amazing snails. They were really good. You know, we ought to try... You're looking a little bit older, you know? (laughs) Saint-Germain, or Saint-Germain, has become such a legend that finding actual, verifiable documentation is difficult. 
It is believed that he was born in the 1690s and allegedly died in 1784, which is not yeah, an yeah, incredibly it's like, it's a, that's like That's like 96 years. He had the title of Count, but it's uncertain where his countdom was, he what he was it. the count of. He bought it. Could be. <laughs> now, the first written account of Saint-Germain appears in 1745 in a letter from Horace Walpole. Other aristocrats wrote about him at the time as well. He was very handsome, very talented in the arts. I'm about to get a little hoity-toity. Oh, dear? It's Walpole. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I'll so, correct your French yeah, pronunciation. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, even though it's spelled like Walpole, it's actually Walpole. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Trust me, I was corrected on that. I went to school with a person with that last name, and they browbeat me into kind of knowing their name pronunciation. As one might. Yep. He spoke 11 languages. I wonder how often he was corrected in those. Right. And was evidently wealthy. If you ever watched um, Highlander, perhaps he was an immortal. Right. Here we are. Oh, gosh. Born to be kings. Yes, we are the princes of the universe. There can be only one. Saint-Germain was described as being encrusted with jewels. And if you think about it, I suppose jewels are a wise way of carrying one's wealth. You can wear them, and you can always cash out a jewel no matter the time period or the country. And also, keep in mind, you're in the 1700s. There are no paper bills. It's no. all coin. It's coin, but that's heavy. That is a lot of coin to be carrying around. It would be. It really would be. Kajita's wears, if you have coin. So... He was an international celebrity. I mean, we have often thought about how, or, you know, in vampire lore, or, you know, if you've watched Highlander, the series, they always make an effort of, you know, stay um, discreet, out yeah. of sight. We don't want to attract attention. Well, isn't that how, like, Connor kept his wealth? Was he bought antiquities and just kind of... Willed them to himself? Yeah. <laughs> More or less. Saint-Germain was not like that. Yeah. Now, he was, as I may have said, an international celebrity, but no one knew his family, his background, what country he was actually from, or even his real name. He evidently had multiple aliases and different ones in different countries. He even had a select set of aliases for when he was in Asian countries. Wow, there can be only one. A theory meandered through the aristocracy that he was the illegitimate son of someone powerful. That happened often enough. Is it really, like, bad scuttlebutt? Oh, he's gotta be, like, some sort of dynasty. I mean, people... Gossip is always a good currency. I guess so. <laughs> and people love a good scandal, but it doesn't often stop them from actually liking a person. Yeah, true. He allegedly only told one friend his actual origin, one of his alchemical lab partners. Yes, Nicholas Flamel. He has been linked to him, but the lab partner was Carl von Gergi, I think. Oh, okay. Saint-Germain admitted to being from Transylvania. Well, I only know of, like, three famous, like, alchemy people. Right. And for, you know, everybody, you know, with the Harry Potter and all that, Nicholas Flamel is the right. biggest one. A lot of people don't even know that he was a real person. That's true. He was. Yes. Um, And I think he comes up a little later on, though I... Don't quote me on that. I yeah. wrote this like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, he was allegedly from Transylvania. Now, don't 
worry that we're not diving into anything Vlad Seppish-like or anything. I don't say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Austria seized Transylvania just before his birth, which happened a lot. Transylvania seemed to pass back and forth between Hungary, Austria, and the Ottoman Empire in cycles. First it's Istanbul, then it's Constantinople, then it's Istanbul, now it's Constantinople. <laughs> And I only know that because I've played a Romanian character for eons, and I kind of just wanted to know some of the background. I'll say, you still do. I do. I still do. So, Saint-Germain was allegedly sent to Italy as a child and raised in another wealthy family. We think. We, we think. His siblings also had their names changed. As I said, there's not a lot of actual identifiable sources so a lot of this just is sort of hearsay. He's told people and they wrote it down, and that's about what we've got. Well, I mean, it is the 1700s. Yeah. It's Now, this is another fun thing. It's also known, and has been recorded, that his eating habits were strange. He preferred very bland foods, which he would not eat in front of other people. Not at dinners, not at parties, nothing. Instead, he'd drink some mysterious liquid. I'm sort of envisioning Santa Clarita diet. <laughs> right. Where Sheila drinks blood and human flesh smoothies. Hence the vampire claims. Yeah. Now, despite not actually eating, he was a treasured guest at dinner parties for his conversations. I imagine there's not much he couldn't talk about. Right. Saint-Germain would claim to know, as personal friends, many historical figures who were quite dead at the time and had been for a while. In 1748, he was in Paris and was invited to court. He looked 40-something, but talked about his previous, about the previous King Louis XIV as if they were comrades. Louis XIV died 33 years earlier. He also claims to have had a friendship with Francis I, who died 200 I years earlier. Say, that's really, like, that's in the past. Yet he could somehow talk about them as if they, like, he knew their mannerisms, their voices, their quirks. Didn't he die in the 1500s? 1547. Yeah, I was about to say, Francis I died early in the 1500s. Yeah, about mid. Now, Saint-Germain blithely stated that he was an alchemist and discovered the secret to eternal life. It sounds like it. The Count used alchemy to improve his own jewels. Louis XV brought him a slightly flawed diamond... And Saint-Germain returned it to him flawless, which increased its value by quite a lot. I think by more than half. So the king was, of course, impressed and kept him in court for more than a decade. I kind of wonder what that does to an economy. Right? (laughs) The king also used Saint-Germain diplomatically. He asked him to attempt to broker a peace with Prussia, with a P, secretly during the Franco-Prussian War. Saint-Germain was essentially a secret agent. Secret agent man. man. Secret agent man. They've given you a number and taken away your name. I love that song. (laughs) The foreign minister, unaware of said secret mission, because, you know, secret, determined the Count was a spy and put a bounty on him. Saint-Germain fled the minister and turned up in England. I suppose to maintain secrecy, the French king cut ties with Saint-Germain. And Saint-Germain started working for MI6. (laughs) Where he went by by 001. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, if you are caught, we we disavow any knowledge of your mission. (laughs) This message will self-destruct. 
While on the run, or in exile, he stayed with the daughter of Princess Joanna of Germany. Mm-hmm. The daughter was in Russia. Explain this. Previously, Saint-Germain had become quite close to Princess Joanna. I can't decide if it's Joanna or Johanna. Or Johanna. I don't know. Her daughter, Catherine, despised her husband, Peter. She apparently put Saint-Germain in charge of the military and overthrew her husband and became known as Catherine the Great. Mm. By the way, if you haven't seen the Great, you should. Answer me a question. Russia then entered its golden age. This guy right here seems like he's probably really good friends with someone like Rasputin as well. (laughs) Um, It wouldn't surprise me. He could. It seems like he could almost Forrest Gump his way through all of history. He really could. Maybe this is where we get our Doctor Who from. Right. After 14 years away, Saint-Germain returned to Paris. Louis XVI, or Louis says, was now the monarch. Louis! I remember your great-great-grandfather! And a few more <laughs> further back. Saint-Germain visited an old friend, Gabrielle, a lady-in-waiting to Marie Antoinette. Good lord. And warned her that someone will try to overthrow the monarchy. The queen was subsequently warned and realized that he'd been writing to her for a long time. He told her all the horrible details of the coming revolution. He still had enemies at court, so he didn't stay. Well, the revolution came and was every bit as bad as he predicted. You know, the reign of terror. You might remember this in Les Mis. <laughs> this is a little before yeah, that, but yeah. Yeah, a joke, yeah. Now, allegedly, Saint-Germain apparently died in Germany in 1784, causes unclear. However, he was bitten by a radioactive <coughs> spider and given superpowers. I think that happened a long time earlier. Yeah. The next year, he was seen at a convention in Paris, very much not dead. When he visited Lady Gabrielle to warn her about the coming revolution, that was 1789, five years after his death. Wow. Could he have faked his death? Most sure. Likely. But if he did, he didn't exactly stay hidden long, as he didn't bother to change his name or hide the fact that he was alive in any fashion. Saint-Germain traveled to the east, to Turkey and India. <laughs> Saint-Germain! I thought you were dead! <laughs> About that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he became an enlightened, ascended master. This does sound a little culty. We don't know. P-A-S-U-T-A-M-H-E-N-E. Not even that kind. <laughs> In 1930, Guy Ballard was hiking Mount Shasta in California when he met a bejeweled man who called himself Saint-Germain. Or Saint-Germain. Ballard was gifted a drink of electric essence. I have no idea what that means. It's electric. Yeah, it could be that. Ballard was suddenly possessed of all sorts of amazing knowledge and sets up a church of sorts in L.A. Now, his church collapsed in the midst of scam and scandal, alas, so this meeting of Saint-Germain might not be very credible. Right. Now, according to legend, one Jacques Saint-Germain moved to New Orleans from France in 1902. This is our southern um, connection here. Yeah. He claimed to be a descendant of the Count of Saint-Germain. Jacques' knowledge, charming wit, and seemingly ageless presence made him very well known. He was described as charming, highly intelligent, a master of languages and art. 
He spoke of events that had happened hundreds of years in the past with great detail. He threw lavish parties with the finest foods, entertainment, and the most prestigious guests, but never ate a bite himself. He even hired bands to play, like Alice Cooper and the Rolling Stones. <laughs> um, that went in a weird direction, but I was going to say, that might sound familiar. <laughs> Because of his wealth and mysterious background, rumors circulated about him in New Orleans high society. Nolans. Well, fair enough. Saint-Germain was described as a womanizer who went into the French Quarter nightly to meet young women. So he went into the French Quarter to go into the French Quarter. Got it. Hmm. Now, if our original Saint-Germain was a libertine, I don't know. Yeah. One night, screams were heard coming from Saint-Germain's home after he brought a woman home from the bar. I mean, people do that now. The woman jumped from the second story of his house, telling bystanders that she'd been attacked. She claimed her host had seized her and bitten her on the neck. Jacques, when questioned that night, stated only that she was drunk and decided to jump. Police asked if Jacques would come down to the station in the morning to give a formal statement. He agreed, but declined to appear. When police searched Saint-Germain's home, they found blood-stained clothes from multiple eras. Wow. No food, no utensils. Bottles of what looked like red wine, but were in fact human blood, filled the cabinets. Red, red wine. I do love that song. What they didn't find was Jacques Saint-Germain, who never returned. And the woman later died at Charity Hospital. I don't know from the shock of it all, the being bitten, jumping out of a window, a combination. Probably the fall killed her. That or, you know, having her jugular pierced. Either one. Allegedly, Saint-Germain left a book containing a recipe, his elixir of eternal life. The book is, curiously, a triangle shape. Of course, it's also in code. But if you can crack the code, eternal life and youth are yours. And that's what I have on Saint-Germain. There was mention of him being part of the Freemasons. There was mention of some association of um, Flamel, the sorcerer's... Or Philosopher's Stone is really what it's actually called. So yes, he may have been a vampire. He may have just been somehow immortal. He was... Someone who just lived a very long time. He might still exist. We don't know. He's like Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Yet another name people may not know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you have it. Another episode that you could have spent your time doing much more productive things. Though if you're St. Germain and listening to this, good job, bro. And you have nothing but time. Why not? We hope you've enjoyed it on this first few days of the new year. Please feel free to comment on our Facebook page and check out our Patreon. Indeed. I feel like I say that every time. You should. I think I do. You do. Join us next time when we do more of whatever it is this is. Yes. In the meantime, I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your Florida man, Tony. We are Southern Southern Fried Fried Spooky. Spooky. Until next week. Bye, Bye, y'all. Now, imagine that. What? You are born late... 15th century. So you have seen the rise and fall of manuscript to book, book to novel, novel to radio, radio to TV, TV to internet. All the great progressions in media like and you literacy. You have seen every bit of that. Can you imagine how much you would hate the upcoming generations? 
<laughs> I think the worst would be the texting part where you could only text a few letters at a time. Oh, it would seem that Gerald sent me a scroll again. Oh, okay, gearing up for Friday. LOL, kissy face. <laughs> Totes adorbs. <laughs>